0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 17. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Huge round of NRL action to preview this week. Some seasons basically on the line with some teams really fighting to stay within reach of the top eight. But obviously at the moment, the fallout is all about state of origin, and Queensland have wrapped up the 2023 State of Origin series with a dominant 32-6 victory last night over the New South Wales Blues in front of their home crowd, up there at Suncorp Stadium, and if you're a Queensland supporter, it's a great day. I mean, back-to-back champs, obviously the talk over the last five years in the Origin Arena is whether Queensland can, you know, be a threat again after that dominant eight in a row side that we saw from 2006 to 2014, the greatest Queensland side of all time, which featured, you know, future immortals like Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Jonathan Thurston, and other great players like Cooper Cronk in there, and, Greg Inglis and, you know, just a who's who of legends of our game. But man, the last few years they have gone to another level. Billy Slater now, he's coached five games in the NRL, uh, sorry, in the State of Origin Arena, and he's found himself with two State of Origin Series wins. So, you know, it's been a dream start to his coaching career there for the Maroons, and I expect he'll stay in that role for a long time. But if you guys, like me, are a, a passionate New South Wales supporter, it's... One of the worst days being a Blues supporter in a long time. In my opinion, last night has got to be one of the most pathetic performances I've ever seen the New South Wales Blues side produce. And say what you want about that dominant Queensland period and the New South Wales sides that we saw between 2006 and 2013. But I've never seen anything like last night. Um, Paul Gallen... Robbie Farrar, the guys that really struggled in that period for New South Wales, say what you want about the performances on the field, but they had passion, and they tried their asses out every time they stepped into the representative arena. And You know, I just think that in terms of this year and and the last few years, Queensland have just outplayed New South Wales in every facet of the game. They've had a better game plan. They've had better game management. They've managed to utilise both their outside backs and their forward pack and that interchange rotation in a way that New South Wales simply haven't been able to match. And most of all, they've played with more passion than the New South Wales Blues have. And I was very critical before the start of the series about, you know, New South Wales being in trouble with the team that they've selected. And it was really important for them to control the I guess, the opening of these matches and, and, and make an immediate impact and then keep, you know, the half roles in this game in particular, Moses and Luai, minimal, and then just to do their jobs, but obviously have a game plan. I saw a side out there last night that, as I said, they lacked passion, they lacked heart. And they had no game plan. New South Wales forward pack made more meters than Queensland. We had much more opportunities with the ball in attack than Queensland did. But the difference is when Queensland got down New South Wales end of the field, they managed to score points and they had a plan. New South Wales looked directionless out there. And I know that they weren't helped by the injury of Tommy Turovich. He only lasted two minutes before Damien Cook came on and played centre, which is just... It was a disaster when you've got Hudson Young and and Cam Murray. They can play out there in the centers, and they picked Damien Cook out there, and they basically put him out to dry. But New South Wales had no direction, no spark from their halves. Mitchell Moses might have tried hard. Same with Jerome Lui, but they really had no impact on the game. No impact at all. Isaiah Yeo was supposed to be that link man in the middle of the field. I don't think... While he worked hard out there, I don't think he had the desired success there. And, and Queensland just shut down everything that New South Wales tried to throw at them uh, in attack. And, man, we, we all had question marks before the start of this series. I, I've been very critical over the side. And uh, and the side that I would have chose to game two completely different to this side. I mean, but you guys can't sit there and tell me that the likes of Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, whether you're a fan of them or not, or even Nico Hines, wouldn't have thrown more at or more creativity, anyway, at Queensland's line than Lua and Moses did last night. But the whole side, from top to bottom, I think should be very disappointed of how they played. New South Wales had a couple, you know, guys that stood out, like Payne Haas worked really hard, and Cam Murray was fantastic when he got on the field. But we'll just put in a position where you know, the series on the line and and New South Wales didn't deliver. They didn't get the job done and it's extremely disappointing as a Blues fan. I think that there should be wholesale changes. Brad Fittler, I think your time is done as New South Wales coach after this game three. You know, you've had a legacy as Blues coach where the last few years haven't been pretty and, you know, the way you've used your bench and the side that you've selected has all come under fire, and rightfully so, but you're still going to go out of this state of origin arena as coach with three wins and three losses in, in six series. So it's not too bad, but it's clear that from top to bottom, the whole New South Wales organisation needs a clean out. We need to start fresh with a new direction, and instead of picking players based on their reputation, like the likes of James Tedesco, and you know the fact that these Penrith players like Stephen Croydon, Jerome Luai, Isaiah Yo. they've won two premierships in a row. They've dominated in the NRL level, but they haven't produced it for State of Origin. And, you know, you can pick players based on reputation all you want, but you've got to pick 17 players that are going to go out there and get a job done. Brad Fittler picking guys like Stefano Ukamanu, Junior Paulo, had no impact on the game. Reese Robson, his service after out of dummy half was questionable. I know he's trying his guts out, and he was trying to make a difference out there when he ran the ball. I thought he was pretty good. But overall It's it I'm I'm ashamed right now for the New South Wales Blues and I'll be a passionate New South Wales Blues fan until the day I die, but there's got to be wholesale changes. We cannot continue to have a lack of success when on paper and when the players that we've got available to choose and to form a team from, I think, are superior to what Queensland had to choose from. But Queensland keep going out there and getting the job done. And to Queensland's credit, Reese Walsh was outstanding last night. I know that... The scenes got ugly with the send-off late, but he was outstanding. Valentine Holmes was great as always. Cherry Evans really controlled the game well and had one of his best ever State of Origin performances. I think that Flegler and and uh, Lindsay Collins were great having that impact uh, for Queensland off the bench and that late change again, another master stroke to exper- uh, to start with the more experienced full, uh, forwards that Billy Slater had to choose from there. I just think that Queensland are in a great position for many years to come. And the Blues, I think we just got to blow everything up and start again. But yeah, 32-6. to 6, That was the State of Origin Game 2 score. Queensland now have a chance to make it a, a whitewash and to go 3-0. The first time any team has done it since 2010. And for Brad Thitler and Greg Alexander and the rest of the Blues staff and all the players that should be down and disappointed after last night's effort the ones that get get chosen for Game 3, and I think that there should be a whole uh, different lookout squad. I don't think everyone should get dropped, but I think there should be some massive changes there for the Blues. For those gentlemen that get a chance to put the Blues jersey on one more time this year, I think the pressure's on the Blues to go out and try to win some respect back for this state. And the fact that Game 3 is down there in Sydney and we haven't had a game here in New South Wales yet, uh, at a core stadium i think they're going to be really lucky to even get you know capacity at 75% for the game i think that the interest for this series unfortunately has dissipated with queensland dominating it so far. Lee. you look at game 1 and what was it 16-10 to queensland it was 16-10 but queensland dominated the game when they had the the football and you know i know new south wales were in a position to win it and they were in the lead with 10 minutes left but in my opinion, the scoreline flooded the Blues in Game 1. And in Game 2, we got our pants pulled down. We got embarrassed. And it's just a really disappointing day to be at New South Wales fan today. But, you know, Queensland, for all the talk that New South Wales don't get state of origin and for the talk that I say that, you know, I'd be pissed off if someone said that to me. I'm a passionate Blues supporter. And for them to suggest... Uh, Queensland to suggest that State of Origin needs more to them than it does to me. If a fan said that to me, I'd be pissed off. But I just don't know if the the Blues have that sort of passion, that sort of heart there at the moment. Some of them do, no doubt about it. But for the Blues to go into to a game with no plan of attack, or, or it seemed like that anyway, and if they did have a plan with that one-two punch of the hookers... To completely throw that out the window by leaving cooked out to hang and dry, in the centers after two minutes after Tommy goes off, the gambles that Brad Fittler has made this series have not paid off, and yeah, it's it's clear to me, and I think it's clear to most people that New South Wales need an entirely new direction heading into next year, and even heading into three weeks from yesterday in Game Three, and. You know why I continue to repeat the same mistakes and pick a similar team. I don't know what Brad Fittler's going to do, but to do that again, pick the, a very similar team again would be insanity. Because we were we weren't close last night, and the scoreline flattered us. To be honest, thirty-two to six. I think it could have been fifty to six last night. And at least when we lost by fifty points back in twenty fifteen, I think the players out there really had a go. The New South Wales players in that loss, despite the fact that. You know, they are versing all these legends of the game. Despite the fact we got embarrassed back in Game 3 2015, I feel like I could be more pre-out of the state for at least having a go to those players than some of the players last night. And I'm not even going to get into the Jerome white Instagram drama. If you guys haven't heard, go check that out. And despite whatever reasons he made that Instagram post for, you you wouldn't see the likes of Paul Gallen, you wouldn't see the likes of Glenn Lazarus or Peter Sterling or Steve Mortimer, Mortimer or Andrew Johns or Laurie Daly, you wouldn't see any of these Blues legends being on social media, again it's it didn't exist back then, but you wouldn't see any of those guys you know, commenting and, and, and being positive and, and making jokes after you, you lose the State of Origin series, so we want to see, the state of New South Wales want to see players that Go out there, 17 players that give their all when they put on that Blues jersey. And this year, and in last year's series as well, (laughs) again, I've never played, you know, in the NRL, I've never played a State of Oregon game, but I've watched it all in my life. I'm a passionate fan, and at the moment, I'm not seeing the heart and soul of 17 players put it all on the field when they run out there in a Blues jersey, and to be honest, it makes me sick. And, you know, in three weeks, I hope the Blues have a response. I hope they can put some pride back into the jersey. And, you know, hopefully things can change in 2024. But at the moment, all credit to Queensland. Billy Slater's really changed the culture since he's got into the job. I think Kevin Wilders and Wayne Bennett did a good job when they were recently in charge of the Blues and even Paul Green as well. Um, rest in peace. But, you know, for, for the Blues... We need to blow it up and start again. But that is my State of Origin game-free review. I'm not going to get into the particular moments of the game. Obviously, it's it's been a tough 24 hours as a as a New South Wales fan. And, you know, I, I don't want to take it away by just talking about the Blues. Queensland were fantastic. Uh, Munster and Sherry Evans really led the team around well. And Reese Walsh was electric at always, as always. And even though the forward pack didn't make as many metres as the Blues did, they did in, they got in, did the work. Defensively, they were all very solid. And, you know, New South Wales had nothing, no no area to pinpoint a weakness from Queensland. You just stood tall, made their defense, and then got down. And when they got down to New South Wales and managed to score points. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where <laughs> where Queensland, they just... Year after year, they define the odds. I know they'll favour us in this game, but they just managed to find a way to win in this environment. New South Wales don't at the moment. All right, we've got some huge NRL games to talk about this weekend, and the action starts tomorrow night. But before we get to my round 17 preview now, and by the way, I apologise for not doing a State of Origin game-free preview show. It's been another busy week. I've been a little bit crook this week as well, so... You know, I was probably going to tip Queensland anyway as a diehard Blues supporter. I, I really want to see change, and I hope we get it soon. Uh, but in terms of the NRL, big weekend to preview coming up. Before we get to that, please remember to like Steve's NRL 40 Tips on Facebook. It is the best way to stay notified for the updates on the future of the show. Subscribe, like, share wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it be, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, everywhere. Steve's NRL 40 Tips, it's taken over. It's taken over the podcasting platforms, and I appreciate the support. 2023 has been a great year for the show, and hopefully there's many more to come. All right, a big round of action coming up. Who's going to back up in terms of Origin Stars? The first game doesn't have too many players. In fact, they've only got one player to worry about whether he will back up or not, and it's safe to say it's been a big week for him, but let's get to our round 17 preview now. It all starts this Friday night from Wind Stadium. Round 17 kicks off on Friday night at 8pm from Wind Stadium when the St. George Illinois Dragons face the New Zealand Warriors and the Dragons since the departure of Anthony Griffin about a month ago have improved dramatically and I don't know if that's a shot at Griffin take that as you will but there seems to be a renewed energy down there at Wollongong and you know things were looking good in terms of them avoiding the wooden spoon and and putting some pride back in the jersey for the rest of the year. Obviously, 2023 is a write-off, but when Shane Flanagan gets the reins in 2024, he's got some tough coaching decisions to make. But the performances on the field will be encouraging, and you know, there's obviously guys out there that are having a go and playing for a contract. However, in the past week, they've been rocked with the news that Ben Hunt wants to leave the club, and he's not happy, and... You know, it's it's one of those situations where the Dragons don't want to budge and give him his release, but at the end of the day, while he may be the captain of the Dragons, while he may have been the best player of the last three years for the club, and, you know, his performances on the field have been, you know, he, he's shown pride in that Red D jersey. Despite all that, if he wants to leave the club and he doesn't want to be there, if you're the Dragons, do you want a captain and do you want a leader and a halfback at your club that doesn't? Believe in the place and and doesn't want to put the jersey on every week. So I think, you know, while he's backing up apparently from Origin last night, I think that the Dragons will probably be best served to cut ties with Ben Hunt um, and then get people there that want to be at the place and want to be a part of the future, which is hopefully exciting under Shane Flea. And they're going to have a lot of money to spend if they let him go. And, you know, good luck to Ben Hunt. He's a great player. He's at the back end of his career. So. Despite the fact that his form over the last few years has been one of the few bright spots for the St George Illawarra Dragons, I think that it could be a blessing in disguise for the club. But in terms of this week, they're back at home, and you know they're coming off some some big wins under Ryan Carr. I mean, you look at the games against the Dragons and the Roosters, and it's safe to say that they, both those clubs haven't been their best at recent times. And in the Rabbitohs game, the Rabbitohs had a lot of stars out, but the Dragons can only beat who's in front of them. They were very good in those games; they came close against Penrith and you know I think that as a whole they're coming off last week's boy with a new sense of confidence that they can make something happen in the best second half of this season their opponents the New Zealand Warriors in my opinion they've been other than the Dolphins the surprise package of the 2023 season they have been a completely different club under Andrew Webb's they've changed the whole culture of the place there, there in New Zealand and I feel like there's even talks that with Roger tuavavi Sheck coming back to the side. That was Johnson playing some really good football. I think this Warriors side could go deep into the finals. I honestly do. And I think that they're a chance of sneaking into a top four. They're my dark horse at the moment, the Warriors. They're playing a brand of football that we haven't seen from the organization in years. And, you know, I think that Andrew Webster can't get enough credit. I think he actually should be in the conversation for coach of the year they haven't won all their games, obviously, and, you know, they're in the eight, but they're a bit away from the top four at the moment. But even in their losses to, you know, the heavyweights of this competition, like the Penrith Panthers, in that game at Magic Round, they competed to the last minute. Their effort can't be questioned. And, you know, I think their forward pack are laying a really good platform at the moment. Fanua Blake, and Fanua Blake's in close to career-best form. Tohu Harris always leads by example. And the likes of Jackson Ford and Nakora, uh, have really made their impact on the edges there for the Warriors. And because they're doing that hard work, because they've got a, a steady rotation of bigger forwards coming on and um, their rotation on their bench has been great, it's allowed the likes of Johnson and, um, you know, Charles Niggle-Klodstad to have their impact on the game. And, and Luke Metcalf, the young 5'8", he's keeping some other 5'8 contenders like Dylan Walker and I don't know the situation with Martin and when he's going to be fit, but... Um, if he's keeping those guys out of the team and he's just really complimenting Johnson well, they're in a really good place, the Warriors. And, you know, usually in the past and in the past few seasons, you'll be like, well, they had a big win at home, the Warriors, but then can they travel and and get it done away from home? I think this year is a a, a completely different mentality there for the Warriors. I think they've really focused heavily on defense and their attacks are really starting to click as well. So, yeah, I like um, what I'm seeing from the Warriors and I think they could have a big end of the season, as I said, the Dragons are having a go. They're putting in a lot of effort recently, and I think that um, this is the potential the Dragons can play with. I think they're looking better with Jaden Sullivan in the house with Ben Hunt. Obviously, we don't know if Ben Hunt's going to be there for the rest of the season, but you can't question the effort of the likes of um, some of their bigger forwards like Laurie and, and DeBellin's been good this year. Jacob Little's been really good, I think, when he's had the chance in first grade as their starting hooker, and I think that uh Griffin was play, crazy to play MBA over him in that position. So I think it will be a tight one at Win Stadium. I think there will be a big crowd like there was at uh, at Jubilee a couple of weeks ago when they beat the Rabbitohs, the Dragons. But, yeah, I think there's going to be a, a big crowd, even though it's cold down here at Wollongong. I think the Dragons will be up for it. But, yeah, I just think the Warriors are a very good football team this year. And I think that, you know, Johnson with the form that he's playing, there's a simplistic football that he's playing, kicking well, game management well, and not afraid to take on the line. The forwards lay the platform. I just think the Warriors got too many points in them for the Dragons. And, you know, I think it's a big game for the Warriors to make a real big statement with their defence and not let the Dragons score easy points. And, um, you know, Win Stadium, if it's full, it's going to be an electric crowd in Wollongong. But I think that the Warriors, you know, they have more to play for at the moment. And I feel like we still... Um, have yet to seem their best, even though they've been really impressive this year. So I've got the Warriors by 12 points. I think the Dragons do make a game of it, and I think that, you know, they really dig in and and, and put some pride back into the Red V jersey like they've been doing for the past month. But I think that the Warriors uh, ultimately will be too strong. So the Warriors by 12 points to start round 17. So because the Bulldogs, Tigers and Sharks have the bite this weekend, and the fact that we've only got one Friday night game, We're already up to my favorite time of the week, and that's Super Saturday, and there's three big games coming your way this weekend, and I'm actually really excited for the three o'clock game. I think it could be one of the games of the round. Up there at the Sunshine Coast, it's the Dolphins versus the Parramatta Eels, and the Eels will come into this game very confident after the past month. They've been in red-hot form and are now back into the top eight. They're getting some players returning from injury at the right time. Madison returned last weekend, and this week is in the 22 jersey, but I hear that he's got a big chance of being a late inclusion. Sean Lane will most likely make his return. I think that while they haven't had Dylan Brown recently because of the off-field situation, Dejan Arcee I think has done a real good job for the club, uh, filling in there at the 5A position. Guffo's probably having his best form that he's had for um, you know the past couple of years, and for mine, Parramatta are in a really good position and, you know, despite their real slow start to the year, they, uh, they'll they find themselves in a in a very uh, comfortable position in terms of making finals this year if they were to beat the Dolphins this week. And they'll go up confident. They'll have plenty of right to go up there at Sunshine, confident, uh, Sunshine Coast confident that they'll be able to get the job, the job done. But their opponents this week, the Dolphins, it's safe to say they haven't had the best month. They've had a lot of injuries um, come up and... This week, luckily, they uh, get the return of a couple big men. Felice Cafusi returns from that lengthy suspension. DeHemmer has been named a backup from State of Origin, as has um, Jeremy Marshall King from that injury that he faced a couple weekends ago. But the big report is the report that Sean O'Sullivan in the 19 jersey this week could make his return uh, from that. I believe it was an MCL injury, I think, maybe worse. Maybe it was a peck. I can't remember what his injury was on top of my head, but he, he is back and he, if he plays this game will be a massive inclusion to the Dolphins because it's safe to say they've lacked some direction recently. Nick Remer and Katoa and Anthony Milford when he's been on the field as well, they've all done a, a job for the Dolphins in the halves, but they're really lacking a leader there. So I think Sean O'Sullivan with his kicking game, with that game management skill, is a huge boost this weekend um, if he it was to line up. So, you know, I think that the forward pack definitely... Um, it hasn't been at their best the past month, so I think that with Kafusi back, another leader, Marshall King being fully fit and you know, the impact of guys like Mark Nichols and uh, Lenny Yu, who's had a really good season off the bench um this year, I think that these guys will uh will have the Dolphins playing the best football they've played in a in a month or two and probably be back to the side that I think that you know, they've shown they're capable of and and that's a top eight side potentially at the back end of the season. So I think it's a huge game for both sides in terms of Parramatta continuing that resurgence, in terms of the Dolphins showing that they're not going to go quietly out in this competition and they can still make a run and potentially make the finals. I think this is going to be a really good game of football. What concerns me about Parramatta is going up there at Sunshine Coast if it's a hot day up there They've shown in the past when they've traveled to places like Darwin that they've really struggled with the heat and the humidity and, and their fitness has been a concern. Um, there's no word yet whether Moses and Paulo are back on from origin. I don't think Paulo played big minutes. but um, So you'd expect him to play, but Moses, of course, got targeted heavily by Queensland. So I think he's a 50-50 Chance at this point, it'll be interesting to see what they do if he was to be ruled out. We have Ryan Madison shifts back into the house with Arcee. Um, but yeah, I think fatigue could play a big factor in this game. And you know, do- the Dolphins don't have the smallest forward pack either, but obviously they're more used to those conditions. So I actually see a little bit of an upset this week. And I'm going to tip the Dolphins by six points. I think the, the Eels are in a good spot in-, in far in terms of making the finals this year. But I think, yeah, I honestly think that this week, whatever the Dolphins' best is. I think that we see it, especially if Sean O'Sullivan does uh, suit up this week and return from injury. I think that that is a massive boost for the Dolphins in relation to the rest of their season. And the second game of Super Saturday takes place at 5.30 from Blue Bet Stadium up there at Penrith when the Penrith Panthers take on the Newcastle Knights. And of course, the Penrith Panthers have a heavy contingent of New South Wales players that will have to be assessed and pass those tests to play this weekend Uh, Four, in fact, Stephen Crichton. Actually, five. Stephen Crichton, Brian Jerome Louie, Liam Martin, and Isaiah Yo. I expect that most of them will back up, but maybe not all of them. Um, And if you guys remember the last time that these two teams played, it was the Panthers that won, but it was 15-14, a very tight game against Newcastle at Newcastle. And I think that... Just like what I just said about the Dolphins, whatever Newcastle's best is, I think we have to see it this weekend because their season's on life support. I think Adam O'Brien finally uh, sees himself under a lot more pressure at this point of the season that we thought probably would be on him in the early months of this season. But, yeah, I mean, Caelan Ponga has been playing some really good football for Newcastle. I like the rotation in the forward pack. I think the likes of, you know, Crossland and Thompson have really been playing um, some good football and uh, had a, some breakout seasons. Even Dylan Lucas and some of these young forwards that, that Newcastle were giving a go have had breakout seasons. But in relation to their season, they simply have to win this week. And I think they probably had to win last week against the Roosters and they narrowly went down in that game. They're showing some effort in Newcastle, but um, they just lack a little bit of polish and you know against these heavyweight teams they could really struggle but you know we saw it against the Broncos we saw it last time they played Penrith then they're, they're not afraid of them anymore um you know they not that they were afraid but they seem to respect when you got a lower team that is down the confidence, they seem to respect the opposition too much and you know they can run away with it the effort can't be questioned by Newcastle it's just the class and the ability to stay in the fight for 80 minutes um that could be the problem the Panthers as i said they're going to be you know, not at their best, I don't think, this weekend for these players backing up. They've still got a great side on paper, but obviously no Cleary's still there. Luai and Cogger, they haven't played too much football together. That The game that they did beat the Roosters and dominate them in that game, they uh, probably weren't playing much in terms of the opposition. The Roosters were incredibly poor in that effort. But, you know, the forward pack's still there and still, you know... Uh, Still a, uh, a weapon. I just actually noticed that Zach Hossing isn't named in this one. He's back to 18th and That's not good for my super coach. I might have to fix that uh, to get slightly off topic. But, yeah, I just think Paner have got too much uh, attacking power this weekend, and I think they'll they'll have enough to get the job done against the Newcastle side that will compete hard but ultimately be a little bit outclassed. If, if Newcastle are to win this game, they have to see the best of Ponga And I think that Gamble and Hastings really have to step up and and lead this team because Ponga will do what he does and get involved and and come up with those big moments. But for the game management point of view, I don't think Hastings and Gamble have been at their best of recent times. I think the forwards will fight hard. But, you know, it's one of those things where they're versing such a good and well-ordered side in Penrith that even if some of these origin stars don't compete, I think Penrith will find a way to get the job done. I got Penrith by eight points. I think it would be tighter than some people imagine, though, um, on Saturday night. 7:35 7:35 Saturday night, the final game of Super Saturday takes place from Amy Park down there in Melbourne when the Melbourne Storm take on the Manly Sea Eagles. And out of the big news coming out of Origin, for we'll the talk about you know Queensland and their dominant performance, obviously the big talking point for Manly is the fact that Tom Sorovic, unfortunately, in the second minute of action, suffered a serious injury and looks like he could be out of the rest of the season there for Manly. So uh, ultimately disastrous for Manly season, and I'm sure that Anthony Seaboy didn't have the best time watching the open minutes of State of Origin, safe to say, and, you know, Cale Week's been named the fullback this week, Ruben Garrick in the centres, surely if Tom Trojevic is out long-term, which it looks like he is, Garrick's got to be the better alternate fullback, he's the more experienced campaigner, and why Weeks has potential in the NRL, I don't think he's ready uh, for the week-in, week-out rigours of, of playing full-back in the National Rugby League. And you know, It's a big week for Manly. Their season um, might be on the line here. They, I believe they find themselves on the outside looking in, in terms of the top eight. They've you know, the won the games they should have, and they've been competitive uh, for big parts of this season. But yeah, they're on seventeen points, down to twelfth place in the ladder. It's a very vital week for them, and it doesn't get any easier against the Melbourne Storm because down in Amy Park, we know how good they are. It's safe to say at periods this year, the Storm haven't been playing their best football. But the last few weeks, they've seen like that Storm side we all have come to know over the last ten years. Karen Munster's playing some really good football. I think he will back up in this game. <coughs> Jerome Lewis got that. Uh, Jerome, Lewis, Jerome Hughes has got that confidence back that saw him, you know, get comparisons to Nathan Cleary in the past few years, and you know, overall, I just feel like the forward pack has really had a fire lit in them as well. So I think that Bellamy's got the Storm primed for a big end of season push to get that top four spot, and then you know, make a tilt towards this premiership. And you know, I think they're dark horse. Everybody's talking about uh, Penrith. Everybody's talking about the Broncos and Stas, but I think the Storm has as strong as ever, and they can put it together for a long period of time, um, I feel like the rest of the competition should be put on notice. And, you know, despite some poor performances this year, I think that one area they've been great at is really, I guess, uh, giving their young players some NRL experience week in and week And I think that Garlic and and, Penne and and the likes, even Josh King, I think that their development's been shown week in and week out, and they're just improving dramatically as players. Even someone like Tyron Wishart, when he's been given an opportunity, he scored his first try last week, and I think that... Um, yeah, I think that Bellamy's got this Storm squad in a really good spot, and I think that not enough people were talking about them. And as for Manley, I think that their forward pack, um, you know, has improved recently. I think that Paseca's been really good. Sipley's been good, but the performance against Parramatta last week, probably their worst of the season... Cherry Evans uh, will have to be at his best if there are any chance this game, and he had a massive performance uh, on Wednesday night. I know he probably want to back up, but I feel like without him in the team, so if he doesn't, Schuster um, needs to do more to lead the side, because I think that they lack direction. I know they got the likes of Jacob Arthur and, and um, Cooper Johns that can come in and, and play in the halfback position, but they're lacking leaders out there at the moment, Manly, and Without their superstar Tom for the rest of the year, without Jake there at the moment, and if Cherry Evans doesn't back up, I think this could get ugly. But yeah, I think Manly need a big statement this week. Um, we need to at least see those effort areas we didn't see against Parramatta if they're going to be any chance of a finals berth in twenty twenty three. But that Tom Shaw injury just put a uh, a huge damper on on their chances for the rest of the season. So I've got Melbourne winning this one uh, by twenty points. I think that. I think that Melbourne are really on the rise in this competition at the moment. It's a Super sunday of sorts on Sunday afternoon. Three big games of football and the action starts at 2pm up there at Suncorp Stadium where we just saw Queensland wrap up the State of Origin series when the Broncos face the Gold Coast Titans and obviously the Broncos have a heavy contingent of State of Origin stars that remains to be seen where they're going to back up. The likes of Reece Walsh, Thomas Flegler, Payne Huss, Patrick Carrigan, or... Uh, I guess, 50-50 chances of backing up. I think all four were pretty heavily involved in the game, so it'll be interesting to see if they do. The Titans, obviously, uh, have beat Tino fassil and David Fafita that they're going to have to monitor, but regardless of um, whoever takes the field, I think that you know these little brother versus big brother matches between these two clubs have usually been pretty entertaining, and the big news today for the Gold Coast Titan, Justin Holbrook, Holbrook has been let go immediately from his contract... Big fan of the show, Matt Dupont and, and mate of mine will be very happy with the news, but I think it's been clear for a while that Gold Coast needed a new direction. Des Hasler has been appointed the coach from 2024 onwards, and I think he'll make a huge difference to this organisation. The defensive mindset the club will have, and especially if they can land a big finish in Ben Hunt that's looking to return back to Queensland. and I think the Gold Coast Titans are on the rise at the moment, and you know we can see, and everyone can see what the Titans can do with the ball in hand. I mean, the, the likes of Brimson and Fafita and, and Tino, and, and four and all on deck, and, and even the young, exciting Jaden Campbell, they've got plenty of points in them, but it's been the defensive efforts and mindset that really let them down uh, as of recent times, and their ability to not be able to close the match out. We've seen a lot of teams you know, come back in the second half and, and win games um that they probably should have had no right winning and the Gold Coast should have been able to close it out. I think Dez will add so much of the experience to the club and I think for the rest of the year, their assistant coaches are taking over, so good luck to them. But obviously this week, it's going to be a tough challenge, regardless of who backs up for the Broncos. And I don't know if whether all, all of them will. They've got plenty of time because it's not till Sunday. But I think that uh, we've got one team that's just flying with confidence and and having a great season. And honestly, in the in the, you know, possibility of winning the Premier League this year in the Brisbane Broncos versus a side that, you know, struggling to maintain uh, connection to the top eight and, and, and sneaking their way in at the moment. I think the Titans fans need a big performance this weekend. I don't know if they're going to get it. I think the Broncos will be too strong and... Uh, me and Reynolds really controlling the game well at the moment. Reynolds' game management is a must for the Blues in game three, and I think that he's going to have another big performance this week And their forward pack. uh will take it to the Titans early, and we'll see what the Titans are made of, and what we've seen this year so far is that they're a pretty weak mentally, uh, well, mentally weak side. They, they, let a, they let a lot of points in quickly, and while they compete, they don't usually compete for 80 minutes, so... Um, regardless of the result this week, I think all Gold Coast fans should be really excited for the future. But in terms of this game, while I think the Titans will compete and compete hard for a long period of this game, the Broncos just simply have too much class for me. And I've got the Broncos winning this one uh, by 14 points. It'll be interesting to see if Reese Welsh backs up after his big effort on the weekend. Payne Haas did so much work as well. So, um, you know, if, if some of their stars are rested, it could be closer. But I think that at the end of the day, the Broncos get the two points on Sunday afternoon up there at Suncorp. Sunday afternoon football from course Stadium at 4 o'clock when the South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the North Queensland Cowboys. Great news for South Sydney supporters. They are almost back to full strength. Some big inclusions this week. Cody Walker returns um, after that slight quad injury, I think it was that pulled him out of the Dragons game a couple of weekends ago. He's a huge inclusion considering what he's been able to do with the football this year and his form. Damien Cook and Cam Murray have been named to return. Um, from origin duty and back up in this game and Tom Burgess, a timely return from the bench I think he had so much go forward for this club and he's a, a big impact player and they need these guys back because it's safe to say they haven't had the best month of football they've had uh, a few losses there and you know their squad they've they've tried hard with their extended squad but ultimately they've lacked some leadership and they're going to get it back this weekend Latrell Mitchell still a couple weeks away but uh, it's promising signs to South Sydney because we've seen how dangerous they can be with a full strength side. Um, you know, in the first couple of months of the competition, but you know, even then they still had a few injuries in the forward. So, you know, they're primed to make a huge push for this premiership. They've still got two buyers left and I think that South Sydney are gonna get back to their best in the next few weeks. Their opponents, the North Queensland Cowboys, they there's a little bit of resurgence up there at Townsville at the moment, and they probably weren't at their best last week against if They managed to find a way to win that game in Golden Point. But, yeah, I feel like there's a renewed energy and a new uh, faith that they can break their way into the top eight. And, you know, they're starting to play some really good football. They dominated Melbourne a few weeks ago. One thing I think they were lacking last week was some fruit in the forwards. I think Tom Lola had a successful return, but he would be really helped if, you know... Uh, Ruben Cotter was the backup in this game. He hasn't been named in the 17, either as Valentine Holmes or Nanai, but I expect a few of the. N Murray to hold to but I expect some of the origin stars to back up. And I think that they can really take it to CF Sydney. I think there's the real danger game for the Rabbitohs. And, you know, Scott Drinkwater, the form he's in at the moment, Tom Dearden took on the line more than he had all year so far last week. I feel like when the Cowboys are on, they can really upset some of these heavyweights in the competition. And it's safe to say that CFs haven't had the most confidence. Um, in their football in the last month. And defensively especially, they've let the foot off the pedal, so to speak, in their resilience there. And with their stars back this week, you'd love an improvement from that area if you're Jason Demetrio because premierships are one in defence. And if there's one area that South's been lacking over the past five years, it's their defensive standards. And I feel like um, it's a real chance for South Sydney to show that you know, they're, they're going to be there uh, when it matters to the back end of the year. But for the Cowboys, I think that their season almost on the line this week, I expect a big performance from them. And I think that Tamalolo being back, he, he you know, added some go forward from last week, straightened the attack up a little bit. And, you know, if if human Cotter and, and Nenai can really lay the platform, then it gives Drinkwater, Dearden and Townsend so much more time um to make a difference in the middle of the field there for the Cowboys. I expect this one to be tight, and I think the Cowboys are, are very capable of an upset here. I'm going to go South Sydney by one point. I think that there's plenty of improvement for South Sydney in the next month as they get back to full strength, but I think they find a way to get the two points here. The Cowboys... I think that they're not done, even if they lose this weekend. But it's safe to say their season's hanging on life support and they need as many wins as they can get. It's going to be a big game up there at Suncourt. But yeah, they've got the Rabbitohs by one point. I think it's going to be a really tight one uh, on Sunday afternoon. Final game of the round from 6.15 at Allianz Stadium. It's the Sydney Roosters versus the Canberra Raiders. And the Raiders coming off the bye last weekend. Their last performance against the Warriors. Was well, probably one of their worst performances of the year, celebrating Jarrod Croker's three hundredth. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond this week. Of course, the Roosters eighteen sixteen winners over the nights last weekend, and you know their season's still in life support. It'll be interesting to see if Tedesco backs up after last night, and uh, we'll see if the Roosters can, I guess, make a run for the top eight. There's, there was reports that Luke here had broken his jaw in that game against Newcastle last week. He's been named, but it'll be interesting to see where he plays. Sandon Smith, the young halfback, has been asked to suit up again in the NRL. I think that he wasn't overawed by the occasion last week, but is he an 80-minute first grader at the moment? Remains to be seen. He's definitely been thrown in the deep end there, and it's safe to say that the Roosters' attack is still not clicking, and there's just something missing there at the moment. Their forwards aren't having the usual effect, and... You know They're just down on confidence as a club at the moment. And their opponents, the Raiders, I think they should be looking to bounce back. And if we're going to form this year, they should be um, right in the mix to win this game of football. Their forward pack, I think, has outperformed the Roosters this year. Obviously, Hudson Young most likely will back up in this game. Tarpanay, Horsburgh, Papali all playing some really good football. So I think that the Roosters have got their work cut out for them on Sunday afternoon to you know, potentially save their season here this week. It'll be a, a big battle in the halves. I mean, Wyden and Fogarty have been solid without being outstanding this year. Kiri and Sand and Smith have really struggled at periods, and not well. Sand and Smith only new, but Kiri definitely has. And whoever's they put at the halves have been a real conundrum there for the Roosters. have obviously Mardu going back to the centres, I don't think he really worked there at five eight. But if the Roosters are going to win this game, I think Tedesco needs to be at his best, and I just think that at the moment he's really struggling. Um, to his own standards, from the from the last few years, I think he's down on confidence, and you know he'll be out to make amends after Wednesday night. But for mine, I just like the Raiders a little bit more. I think Ricky would have really revved up the squad after that disappointing game two weeks ago, and I think they'll be fired up to get back to playing their best football. Because I think that the Raiders at their best, definitely a finals team. Um, the Raiders, the, the the way that they can play when they're on is is outstanding. But I think that both of these two sides have struggled defensively this year, and I think that. Um, we could see some points here, but I think that it gets down to a shootout. I think the Raiders got more points in at the moment. And I think that to throw a young half back into this side and expect, you know, big plays to happen around him, I think it's asking a lot. And I think that the forward pack needs to be better for the Roosters. Um, You know, they've got the talent there. Victor Adley's a big big inclusion for them this week as well after coming back from suspension. But yeah, for mine, there's more upside in Canberra at the moment. So I'm going to go Canberra by six points to end round 17. And those are my footy tips for round 17. Just to recap, I've gone the Warriors to beat the Dragons on Friday night. Super Saturday, I've gone the Dolphins for the upset against the Eels. The Panthers have beaten Newcastle and the Storm being too strong for a turbo less manly serial side. On the Sunday afternoon games, I've got the Broncos um, get another win on the board and, you know getting closer to the minor premiership with a big win over the times. with the Rabbitohs just in a very tight game against the Cowboys uh, with an upset possible there. And I've got the Kimber Raiders beating the Sydney Roosters in another upset to end the round. So some big games of football. As I said, some seasons on the line this weekend. Be interested to see how teams respond with those Origin stars backing up and it'll be interested to see how the Blues respond in the next couple of weeks despite the series being done and what changes they make heading into Game 3. What did you guys think of last night's State of Origin? Who do you think will win this weekend? Let me know. Enjoy your football this weekend, guys, and I'll see you next time on Steve's and NRL Footy Tips.